It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. Today's episode is all about my road trip cross country. If you heard the episode I put out a few weeks ago, this got a little bit delayed because I got COVID. And I told my whole COVID story in the last solo episode. A little update on that is I feel recovered from it. If you listen to that episode, my voice was all scratchy. (laughs) I had a sore throat. I had just fatigue and all sorts of fun things during that experience wasn't actually fun. But I went shortly after, I think it was on day eight officially of having COVID. I went down to Philadelphia and attended the Natural Products Expo. I continued to wear my mask throughout the whole show and take a lot of precautions. I will be telling the story of Philadelphia as well as New York City in a separate episode because the reason I went to both cities was to attend trade shows. And I went to the Natural Products Expo in Philadelphia as well as the Plant-Based World Expo in New York City. So stay tuned. That'll be the next solo episode, which is coming out in about two weeks from this one. But today's episode is my travel from Los Angeles to Massachusetts, where I'm currently recording from at my parents' house. I do this every year. I will link to the other episodes where I've talked about this. I think this might be my sixth cross-country trip altogether. My first one was in 2012 with my sister. Although for that trip, I just drove one way from San Francisco to Massachusetts. Then in 2013, I did a round-trip cross-country trip with my former co-host, Jason. We drove out the Ford Fiesta. I was part of this project for Ford. And I got a car for like, I don't know how long it was, like four or six months. And did a bunch of YouTube videos about that trip. I can link to that as well. It was really fun. And and then when I got my Tesla in 2018, I was very curious what it would be like to drive an electric car across the country. I started off in 2019 with a shorter trip going to Colorado. And it went so smoothly that in 2020, I decided to try driving the car across country. So that's when I kind of say like, these trips became a big thing for me, even though I had done a few in the past. In 2020, it started to become an annual trip in my electric car. So I have episodes every year. I'll probably do another episode this year about my trip back to California. And what I'll share today is where I went, what I did. I'll share some details about things I ate in the car and any type of gear I got. I love talking about gear, travel gear, outdoor recreation stuff. I'll mix that in too. And I'm recording this episode live in the private Beyond Measure community, which is free and open for anyone who wants to join. I record the solo episodes within that community 
because it gives me an opportunity to make it interactive. So there are people listening live right now in the chat. They may have comments or questions that I'll integrate into this episode. And there's a whole video component. Speaking of YouTube, I have not been posting to YouTube recently, mostly because it's so much work. I record video for every single episode and I intend to put them all on YouTube, but it just hasn't been a big priority for me. But if you would like to see video of the solo episodes, those are all within the Beyond Measure community since I started, I think in February, 2023. And it's cool because if you want to come and, and chat with me, meet other listeners, meet other people that are passionate about health and wellness and travel and all of the things that I love, that's within Beyond Measure. And I will link to that if you want to come check it out. You can come and join. And if it's not for you, you can leave. <laughs> but hopefully it is for you. It's been evolving over almost two or three and a half years. That also started in 2020. And I really wanted to create a space that wasn't connected to social media. And if you didn't know this about me, I really cut back. I do almost no social media work of my own. I don't really post on social media anymore. And that's the other purpose of this episode is for all the people that have asked what my trip was like. Now I can tell that full story here on the podcast and show some images. I'm also hoping to make a blog post for this one. I don't usually do blog posts for solo episodes at the moment because I think I explained this back at the beginning of the year, but I've been working with this wonderful company called Podetize. It's actually a, a client of mine. So I work for them, but they also essentially work for me. They do the blog posts and the editing of all of the episodes of the show that have guests. And that's what I currently alternate between. Once a week, I do a solo episode and the opposite week, the next week, I have a guest on the show. And those guest episodes are edited, they have blog posts, like they're much more polished than these episodes. However, for this specific episode, I want to turn this into a blog post just so you, anyone who's not part of Beyond Measure can still see the pictures, can get the links to everything, and to just make this a resource for anyone else who is interested about travel, whether you want to do it yourself or you just want to see what it's like. So let's get started with no further ado. Today is September 27, 2023, and I started my trip on August 9th. So it's been <laughs> quite some time. I'm very glad I have lots of photos and videos because there's a lot of details that are easy to forget. And I think documenting is so beautiful. It's almost like having a visual journal. When I was growing up, I used to journal like every single day. And I rarely journal, but I consider the podcast a bit of a journal. These solo episodes are very personal and raw and they're documenting life. They're sharing with myself and with you. And even though I don't do much on social media, I still take a ton of photos and videos. I contemplate a lot if I will go back to social media posting. It's certainly not a permanent decision to not be posting on there, but I really want to take a step back. So that's why I don't share things like this. But there's element of it that's nice too. Social media can feel like a journal for yourself and for others. And I miss that. So I'm going to open up my screen share and start telling the story visually. And I apologize that the display, I'm using Apple Photos 
and the visual person. How am I trying to describe it? The inner computer nerd and video nerd within me that really doesn't like the way that this is displaying. But if you can ignore the white space and just focus on the photos and videos, (laughs) then you'll get a, a decent experience. Anyways, this first image that I'm showing here is Evie, my dog. She just turned 14 and she has continued to be an amazing companion. She's been traveling almost her entire life since she was a little puppy. We traveled on the plane. I've taken her on buses. I've taken her on canoe rides, on ferries. I mean, I'm trying to think of a form of transportation we haven't taken together. And she has this whole setup in the backseat of my Tesla. If I get into like every single detail, every product, I will do my best to link to them all. But there could be a very long list. At least I'll share the Amazon page I created that has a list of all the products. And there's a few here I want to point out, mostly the fan. (laughs) So I got her this little mini fan because in August, California is really hot. As you're going to hear, I drove through a bunch of warm states. Actually, the whole trip in August was hot. And this year, I bought this little fan that I can hang from the little clip that most cars have where you can put like a coat hanger. This fan that I got on Amazon is so great. It lasts, I think, like six or eight hours. And it's all USB powered, so it's easy to recharge. And I faced it at EV and it brought the cool air from the air conditioning in the front seat to the back. And by the way, almost every product I mentioned is not going to be specific to a Tesla. These things are universal. And that fan can be used in a tent. It can be used on your desk. So cool. And it was like $18. I also have a system in the backseat, which you can't really tell from this image. But I have a crash-tested harness that connects to the seatbelt. I bought that last year. And it crash-tested, I think... Maybe that one's not crash tested, but it's the same company that makes this booster seat. So she's rigged up there. In previous years, I think 2020 and 2021, she used to sit in the front with me in a booster seat. And then I realized it wasn't super safe. So now she's got a much safer system in the back, but it's a little sad. I wish she was next to me so I could just reach over and pet her more often. But that's the little setup she has. Plus, I have a few different window covers. There's a brand that makes wonderful window covers for Teslas as well as other cars. And I've mentioned them before. I got them in 2020 and I'm blanking. I think they're called Quick Snap, but I will put the right link in the blog post for you. And that really helps too with keeping the sun out for your dog, for yourself, for kids. So I've learned over time all of these different things and how to pack up the car has been quite the adventure too. (laughs) So I started my journey driving through LA and I use this really cool app called Audio, A-U-T-I-O. And there's a little screenshot of it here. This is something I highly recommend if you do a lot of driving, even in an area where you live, you might not even consider it a road trip. If you're going somewhere new or just curious about where you live, Audio is a really neat app to check out. This will likely be affiliate link, by the way. I always try to be transparent that I'll use Amazon affiliate links and I'm affiliate of audio. They don't pay me beyond that. But if you do sign up for them, I think I get commissions with them. So essentially, as you may know, 
content creators can make money from recommending products. That's not why I'm recommending it, but I like to be transparent that a few pennies often, usually not a lot, but or a few dollars. <laughs> Anyways, I started using audio last year in 2022. I thought it was just so cool. They actually appeared on Shark Tank, one of my favorite TV shows. The way the app works is it will play you these audio tracks about the area that you're in. And they have stories, or most of them are very historical, like what happened, how this, the city was established, what it's known for, sometimes all these little tidbits. And it's just been such a cool tool to use. I swap it with audiobooks. I love Libby, L-I-B-B-Y. I use that to get free audiobooks through my library. And I'm always torn. Am I going to listen to an audiobook or am I going to listen to audio, the app? It's just so cool. So the one downside is that it's hard to do both, like listen to an audiobook and then like pause and switch over to here. But basically when you're driving, audio will automatically detect your location and let you know when there's a new audio clip to listen to. And they're usually pretty short, like maybe two or three minutes. And some of them are on the longer side, maybe like seven to 10 minutes. And I've learned so much about the country through this app. And like I said, it's still really great, even if you're not traveling far, because I've used it in Massachusetts where I grew up and I'm still learning new things. I heard a really good one out here about Paul Revere. There was some stuff about Paul Revere that I probably learned as a kid and completely forgot about. And it was really interesting to hear it as an adult. So the visual on the screen was me in California. And you can see like the little spot where I was at. I was near Rancho Cucamonga driving out towards Nevada. And I take photos of snacks and things that I eat. So I don't know if I have a picture of it in this collection, but I have this amazing refrigerator for my car. Also not something specific to a Tesla. Anybody can use this as long as you have one of those adapters. I think they're called 12 volts. Some people call them cigarette adapters. And I keep that in my front seat. So I can kind of see it on the side of this photo, but I don't think there's a good picture of it here. From this company called Set Power. And it's around $200. And you can just plug it into in any outlet, including one in your car, so that you can enjoy refrigerated snacks or even frozen things. So one refrigerated snack I had on this trip was a vegan buffalo dip from Trader Joe's. And I got some cucumbers. And that was really satisfying. I also keep my car, like not my car, I like to keep my coffee, cold brew coffee, in the refrigerator. I'll have my plant-based milks in there. I'll have various drinks. Having a refrigerator is a game changer for a long road trip like this. In this picture, actually, you can kind of see the refrigerator in the side of this. Let's see. It's a video. But what this video is also demoing was my trash setup. <laughs> I have this cool little collapsible trash can that I got for camping. I think it's from, it starts with a C. And I don't know how to pronounce the name. So again, this will be something in a link, but it collapses down to the small size as in the video that I'm displaying on the screen right now. And then it pops open to be a bigger size. It's great for campgrounds, but it actually worked really well folded up because I could just like put little pieces of trash in there and you can zip it up. So it'll keep some of the smell out. 
and it keeps everything contained. It doesn't get anything. It's got a great material. So if like you have dirty stuff in there, you can just easily empty it out. Creating a trash system on a road trip is very important. And this might not work for everybody, but it worked really well for me. And I love finding things that I can use while camping as well as in the car. Pretty good system there. I drove through Las Vegas. I did not stop. I did stop at a few casinos on this trip, but not in Las Vegas, funny enough. I'll generally go into a casino if I'm charging my car at one and I'll play like $5 on a slot machine. But I did not stop in Vegas this time. Mostly it's a bit of a pain in the butt. There are some really good Tesla superchargers in Vegas, but it's a bit of a hassle to try to charge and then find the time to go play a slot machine. But I do, fun fact about me, I do really enjoy Las Vegas. Here's another really cute picture of Evie by the fan. I actually also bought a couple different cooling mats for her. And you can see she's lying on one. This is also a really good shot of how she's connected to the seat belt, if you're curious. But I've tried various cooling systems just because it gets so hot. There are days it was over 100 degrees. And the cooling mats are great, not just for the car, but they're wonderful for camping. They're wonderful for at home. If you don't have air conditioning or maybe you don't want to turn it on, having just a whole system of fan, a mat that'll keep your dog cool is such a great thing. It works well for a variety of pets too. I'm I'm sure it'd be nice for cats. So she's lying on this blue cooling mat in this picture and coupled with the fan and the air conditioning in the car and the window covers, it all really helped make sure that she didn't overheat. Now, speaking of casinos, this is a picture of the outside of a casino I went into. This was somewhere outside of Vegas. I think it was still in Nevada, but I went in there. I don't think I want any money. Oftentimes I just, I treat them like the slot machines, like they're video games. And I just go and like I said, I always spend a small amount of money just for fun. Just to get that little adrenaline rush. This is a cute little video of Evie at one of the Tesla chargers walking around. Some of the Tesla chargers have like grass areas or little dog parks. And it's a nice way for us to both stretch our legs and get some fresh air on long days. Took a series of cool photos. I think this was in Utah. Just the beautiful skies driving through all these different parts of the country. I'm always amazed by the landscape. And speaking of landscapes, my first stop, the first night of this trip was in Baker, Nevada, or Nevada, depending on how you want to pronounce it, because I went into a national park the next day. So I went to this RV park, and this is where some problems started. So the trip was not all smooth, and I'll share a number of obstacles I had to face. It started here. Unfortunately, on my first night, I pulled up and the owners were this little RV park and they essentially told me that I couldn't use the RV space that I had booked. Some RV parks will allow Teslas to park in the RV spots. Every once in a while, they won't. And this particular place, resistant to it. I'll share the solution I found in a moment. But what was cool about this place is it was like this small town, like in the middle of nowhere, there was just like nothing around. And this was the only place I could find that I could charge my car. And I remember pulling up there 
with very low charge. This is an issue a lot of people love to hear about (laughs) when it comes to driving cross country with a Tesla. Depending on the route you take, it can be very easy. But if you want to go to the national parks like I do, that's where it can be challenging. And I always plan ahead of time where I'm going to charge my car so I don't run into a problem. And when I pulled up here, I had a very low battery. And when they were all concerned about charging my car, I got concerned. But before I dealt with that, I thought it was really neat that this place had this food truck that it had gluten-free and vegan options. And they made everything fresh to order. I did not try any of it because it ended up being quite an expensive RV park experience. (laughs) That's the other thing. Some RV parks are really inexpensive. Others are very cheap. And this place ended up costing, I think maybe it was one of the more expensive of this trip that I was on. If you're curious why I don't stay in hotels are also expensive. And I have so much stuff packed in my car. I think the whole night I'd be worried about someone breaking into my car. So I sleep in my car or I sleep in my tent next to my car to save money and also to make sure I keep an eye on all my stuff. So this place is called the Whispering Elms Motel. So they did have a motel, but they're mostly an RV park. And I pulled up here and realized that the button to put down my driver's side window was broken. So I rolled my window down. You can't see it in this photo because I think my window might have been right before this issue happened. And I realized the button broke and I couldn't roll my window back up. The like switch itself broke. And that was really frustrating because I had just taken my car in and gotten it serviced. It's out of warranty now. So I have to pay everything out of pocket. And just for the first night for something to break on my car after all the repairs I had just done was just gave me the worst feeling, but not a way that I wanted to start off the trip. But I will share how I resolved that. The good news is it did get fixed. So a little heads up, which I'll get to in a little bit. Oh, here it is. Here's the picture of, okay, so two parts of the story. In this photo, you can see my windows down. I will say a great benefit of the Tesla is that it has a mobile app. And I was able to roll the window up through the mobile app. Okay, so if I had a mobile app and some of the features that the Tesla has, I would have been stuck with the window down and I probably would have had to like tape some plastic bag to it or something. So the disaster was averted, but it was such a pain in the butt because the app would only work when I was outside my car. So if I was driving and put my window down, I had to wait till I parked and would have to get out of my car and use the app to put the window back up. And that became a problem at a few points of the trip. But this photo also represents the solution I found at the Whispering Elms Motel. So while they were really resistant to me having the RV park spot that I booked, they did happen to have chargers there. So I was able to charge my car. And they said, we'll charge you a really low rate will let you just do a, a tent spot night. So if you've never been to an RV park before, the way the pricing works is very dependent on the spot that you get. And a lot of RV parks do allow tents and they can be really inexpensive, like $15, right? So again, compared to a hotel, which is probably going to be at least $50 a night for something super cheap, if you have a tent, you can 
go to this park and spend a very small amount of money. So they tell me, we'll just charge you for the tent spot. And I'm like, great. Because the RV spot, I think was like $40 or something. Still not bad compared to a hotel. And that would allow me to charge the car. So I pull over, they say that I can sleep in my car and I can charge over at their charging station that they had just installed. And I'm thinking, great, this sounds like such a great deal. I'll take it. (laughs) So I go over to this and I plug my car in and I see on the screen the dollar amount, $35. And for some crazy reason, they have this set up. So the minimum amount you pay to charge your car was $35. So again, if you don't have an electric car, not a lot of experience with it, add a Tesla supercharger. Usually the highest amount I pay to charge my car is $25. The average I spend to charge my car is like $17 or $20. It was like outrageous to pull up and be charged $35 to charge my car. Now that is a full charge. If you want to know the details, my car is a long range battery and it gets up to 300 miles per charge. And a lot of people that have gas cars think that that's a really good deal. I think it is too, but still it was almost double the amount I would have ever had to pay before to charge my car. And they did not tell me this up front. So I was just really bummed. I had to pay $15 for the 10 spot plus $35. And there was like a trickle charge. So it was like probably like $36 by the time I left. So I ended up spending $50 to charge there when I thought I was going to pay 40. Not a huge deal, but it was my first night on the trip. And I had set out this whole budget for myself. And then on top of that, my window situation happened. And I had no idea how much that was going to cost to fix. So this first night that I was really looking forward to on this trip, I just felt like things were starting to go wrong and my anxiety really peaked up. I started to feel like, oh my gosh, like unexpected issues and unexpected charges at the very first night, like what else is going to go wrong? And that's the way my brain works and the anxiety that I experience is like, I kind of start to panic and I started to feel like, is this worthwhile? And why am I doing this? And just like this sense of like, what else could go wrong? And how much is this all going to cost? And I work so hard to plan and budget. And it's common on a trip for issues to happen. I think it's a great reminder to always have extra room in your budget and your schedule for things to go wrong. And sadly, had to start dealing with that on night one. However, as you can also tell from this photo, it was beautiful there. So I had to just focus on the positive, focus on the fact that I had this great trip planned and I was excited and the fact that I'm fortunate to travel, the fact that I have this car, I don't take the Tesla for granted. I know it's a huge privilege to have. It's a privilege to have the money to buy a Tesla to begin with. So it's like I kind of started to have to list out all the things that were going right, all the things I was grateful for and breathe through it. And that's how I made it through this beginning inconveniences. So this is a picture of the charging station. It was actually through Rivian. I have to say, I'd never charged through Rivian before. And this kind of gave me a sour taste in my mouth. Why they charge $35 flat fare as a starting price is beyond me. Felt like a complete ripoff. 
So this is a picture of the little motel that they had. It looked really nice. And then I took Evie for a sunset walk. And this was really helpful. Last year, if you haven't listened to the episode of my road trip last year, I faced a bigger issue when I got a speeding ticket and was pulled over by a cop. And I was further into the trip, maybe like four or five days into the trip. But it was a similar situation in a way where something disappointing happened, frustrating, something that's going to cost money, some issue I had to resolve. And I remember also after I got my speeding ticket last year, I took Evie for a walk and that really helped ground me, you know, like just literally being in nature, something beautiful, reminding myself why I'm doing something. And also just the act of walking, moving your body can really help move through literally and figuratively the anxiety and the stress and the frustration and just allow yourself to process it. And that's something I keep coming back to over and over again. So we walked around this outside the visitor center for the Great Basin National Park, which is why I was in this area. And there are like all these little bridges and streams and beautiful plants. And it was just nice landscaping. I also always take pictures of videos of like the bathrooms at these parks. I love writing reviews for products and for like wherever I visit accommodations. And in this video, I actually was using a neat product called, what's it called? I have to find the image of it. The Sync Bib. I also got this on Amazon. You can buy it directly from them. S-Y-N-K-B-I-B. I saw this probably through TikTok or something a while back. And essentially, it's literally a bib, but it's designed for the sink. That's the name sink bib. And you put it around the faucets and it creates a clean space for you to put out all of your toiletries. It's also great if you're doing your makeup, if you're brushing your hair, if you're drying your hair, if you're curling your hair any sort of styling because the material that it's made of will keep the counter clean, but also keep your stuff clean. So it's nice when you're in a public space like an RV park, not always super clean. But also if you have any sort of heating tools for your hair or other styling that you're doing, it will protect the counter from them. So it's been awesome. And I've used it at a variety of different places. And I have like a little tote bag I carry around. So I have like all my toiletries in a little bag I got from L.L. Bean a few years ago in Maine. And I have like towels. I have multiple towels, like quick drying towels and special towels for the showers. And I carry it around in this little bag, which is really handy for the RV parks. This picture or video actually is of another cool little gadget I got from this company called Climate. K-L-Y-M-I-T. They make a variety of camping products. And one of my favorites that I bought is this little light. It's actually inflatable. And so you blow it up with your breath and you plug it into a USB charger and it turns into this cool light that is great in tents. It's great for outdoors and it's great for in the car. So you can kind of see the car setup that I use in the Tesla, I fold the back seats down and then I put a mattress on there. 
This year, I used a newer mattress that I bought for camping from this brand called Exped, E-X-P-E-D. And there, I don't know if I have a good video of it. Maybe somewhere I will come across it. But I got that for camping and it's amazing. It's this blow up air mattress with memory foam in it that works so well. And it actually fits pretty well in the car. That company, Exped, also makes mattresses specifically shaped for the Tesla. I don't know if they do it for other cars. There's a ton of different mattress brands out there for all different camping and car sleeping experiences. I also have a mattress from Tesmat, T-E-S-M-A-T, also a Tesla mattress that I used for a while. But this year I want to try the Exped and see it compared. And I actually like it a little bit better because it is just like thicker. The test mat folds up really nicely and is memory foam, but it, it's still a little on the thin side. Whereas the X-Ped is great because you feel like you're on the soft memory foam mattress or not just memory foam, but it's air-based. So it just like lifts you up off the car bed a lot. So that worked really well. These are some shots from the morning. It was, I don't know, I got up really early every morning and some of the timestamps on here are in a different time zone. It was probably like 7 or 7.30 in the morning watching the sunrise, maybe earlier, maybe it was 6.30. What I would do on this trip is look up the sunrise times for every place that I stayed at and wake up at sunrise so I could start my day nice and early. And I got to witness all these beautiful sunrises. Also in this shot, you can see part of my camping system for the car is I have a giant bag, <laughs> storage bag that you can put on top of your car and you can actually drive with it on. I don't do that because having anything on top of an electric car reduces the range, meaning that the wind will slow your car down or create the resistance and that impacts the battery range, which not only involves stopping more often to charge your car, but it costs more money the more you stop. So I keep this storage bag in my car during the day while I'm driving. And then at night, if I'm camping inside the car instead of a tent, I put the storage bag on the top and that creates more room. So it's part of the system that I've developed over time. And so that's, this one is from this brand called, it's like, there's a variety of them out there. I'll link to the specific one I have. It's called like Fizz Clements. It's like some weird some weird spelling that I have no idea how to pronounce it. And this is a picture of little Evie lying in the car and me walking to the bathroom in the morning to brush my teeth and wash my face and more beautiful sunrises, just looking out over all this land. What I don't have pictures of here, but I use a separate camera for is to take photos at night. So the night before this morning, I took star photos and I actually have them saved on my computer somewhere. Maybe I'll get to them later, put some of them in the blog, but Baker, Nevada and the Great Basin National Park are actually part of international dark sky areas of the world. And there's a few designated places that are so dark, you can just see the stars and the planets and the whole sky lit up in such a beautiful way. So. I will try to remember to, to put that in there, but it was just beautiful. 
some photos of the bathroom. You can see it's not that glamorous. Some RV parks have really nice bathrooms. So if you stick around, you'll see lots of bathroom shots. These I take to post reviews because I always love to know details. So I go on to Google reviews, to Yelp, and to some camping sites, and I'll post the photos just to give other people an idea of what to expect. So after I left the RV park, I drove into Great Basin National Park. And this place was really pretty, but not the most exciting national park. It's a lot of people don't even know about this one. Since I'm going to all the national parks in the United States right now, they're all important in some way or another. But this one is known for its cave system, which I didn't get to experience this time. I, I was on a, a tighter time schedule. And it's also hard to visit caves when you have a dog because dogs aren't allowed inside. So in the past, I've actually just left Evie in the car. One thing I love about the Tesla is that it has dog mode. So it actually is a feature that'll keep the air conditioning on for your dog. And I'll tell you more about that later. But I didn't go into the cave at Great Basin National Park. I just drove to the top. Very pretty. There was barely anyone around. It was super early in the morning. One thing I would have loved to have done is to hike up at the top. So in this photo, you can see the very top of this mountain. And there was some awesome hiking up there. Quick break to show this actually is a picture of the set power refrigerator. So if you're curious what it's like, it's jam packed with stuff. And I would often pull over and take breaks and, and take out my cold brew and whichever plant-based milk I had. One of my favorites is called Sprout. It's a pea protein plant-based milk that's a little hard to find these days for some reason. But this is what the inside of my fridge looks like. I have all sorts of snacks and produce and coffee and milk in there. Anyways, I clearly made myself some coffee while I was driving through Great Basin. And there's all sorts of really neat trees there. So that's what I was learning. I was using the audio app again. Great in the national parks. You can also use the national park app for free and there are audio tours built into that too. And they'll tell you all these little details about the park. So I wish that I had gone hiking because up at the top, as you can see in this photo and video, there's just beautiful views and just like different landscapes. So the audio tours that I did of Great Basin actually would walk you through how the higher you get in elevation, all of the plants start to change. And in this photo, you can see the tree line. So there's a certain point in elevation where the trees don't grow anymore. And there are, I think in this park, there are trees there that are some of the oldest in the world. And so I guess on certain hikes through Great Basin, you can actually go see some of these super old trees. And I don't remember how old they are, but it was some astonishing factoid there. And again, it's hard with national parks, you know, there is all different types of experiences you can have there. And sometimes you're limited if you have a dog with you, if you're just doing the car, if you're limited with time. So my hope is one day that I will go back to some of these parks and experience the things that I missed. And there are sometimes cool little like placards that you can see. This one was for Stephen, I think Ting Mather, who actually was part of the National Park Service. 
and helping establish the policies for it. So it's pretty interesting to look back over the years that all of these national parks were being developed. I've developed my appreciation for it because you get to see so much beauty in the country. One thing that's important to me on these trips is making sure I wear sunscreen. My favorite sunscreen right now is Alba Botanica. And I like this sheer mineral fragrance-free formulation. This specific one in the photo is what I use on my face. And they also have a great spray. So I put this on every single day. I make sure it goes on my face and my hands when I'm driving because you can actually get sun damage just by driving your car. Yes, I use sunscreen, but what I meant was those screens that I put up in my car windows because it actually will block some of the UV rays. So be mindful whether you're driving, even when you're flying in an airplane, it's important to wear sunscreen because you're getting exposure to the UV rays. So I started taking that very seriously as I do all this traveling. Before I left this little area of Baker, Nevada, I stopped by the cutest store and a couple neat things happened there. This is actually where I was able to overcome a lot of my anxiety because it still lingered. You know, the frustration I had of spending more money than I expected, but also having to deal with my car window, which as of August 10th of this trip had not been resolved. And I was reminded of something kind of peaceful and meditative and a good perspective on the sign in this little store that says life is a balance of holding on and letting go. And even just reading that out loud right now, I'm like, yes, it's such an important reminder. Just hold on to important things and to let go of the challenges. I think traveling really teaches me these things. It reminds me of these important lessons and helps me practice them. So I was grateful for it. And here's a picture of this cute little store. It had all this like vegan food in there and natural products. I mean, again, this is like seemingly in the middle of nowhere. And they had a cafe there. There were all these kind people. They had great little trinkets. I mean, I could have spent all day in this little store. What was also interesting is that they had this book, American Prometheus, which is about J. Robert Oppenheimer. And I did an episode back in the beginning of August after I saw Oppenheimer and I loved that movie so much. I actually saw it a second time in the theater when I came out to Massachusetts. I went to see it with my parents. And I walked into this store and saw this book and decided that I was going to listen to the audiobook. So I ended up downloading the audiobook on Libby and listening to almost the entire book. It's like 13 hours long. And the book itself is pretty thick. You can see from these photos. But it's a great listen. You can hear and understand so much more detail than is covered in the movie. And, and having seen Oppenheimer twice now and listening to the book in between, there's a lot that the movie doesn't go into great detail. So if you're curious about the Manhattan Project and more about Oppenheimer's story, this book is just wonderful. So it was because I just happened to go into the store and happened to notice this book that I ended up reading that. And it was also so sweet. They had like the employees of the store had written all of these little notes to help you buy books. I mean, it was just like one of those cute experiences. And I was very grateful for it. So then I continued my driving. I think these pictures, oh yes, definitely in Utah. 
So the next place I went to, I had actually been to before, but I wanted to go see again because it was absolutely stunning. 2019, I drove through Capitol Reef National Park and it is really one of the most beautiful drives I've done in the country. And these photos do not do it justice. I think all of you, Southern Utah, especially all the national parks in Utah are magnificent. And yeah, I mean, these photos just can barely scratch the surface of what it's like to see in person. I think they're called mesas or buttes, these beautiful rock formations that are these really intense shades of red. And you can drive through that for free. And then you can also enter into Capitol Reef National Park and see more. Essentially, this is the park just driving through and past all of this beauty. You can get out of the car and go on hikes and see marmots. There's all different animals around. That was one of my favorite things about going to the national parks is seeing all the wildlife, which I have some pictures more of that later. A rainstorm starting <laughs> here and all these signs saying like, you do not want to be in this park during any rain because it can flood really easily. So that made it an interesting experience kind of rushed through this drive because I was really afraid that there would be a flood. But there's also some cool buildings in here that you can stop by and visit. And it was just lovely to return there. Now, not very far outside of Capitol Reef National Park is one of my favorite camping sites that I've ever been to. This is part of Green River, Utah, which is a little outside of Moab. And I heard about this campsite last year when I was in Colorado. I met this man, one of the national parks, I think it was, or Black Canyon of the Gunnison. And he was raving about this campsite he went to called Swayze's Beach. And it's a first come, first serve, which for those of you who don't do a lot of camping, this is all new to me. I'm learning so much every time I travel. But first come, first serve is what it sounds like, meaning you don't get to reserve a spot and you just show up. And they tend to be really inexpensive, like $15 a night. And the downside is that you never know if it's going to be full or not. So I drove to this campsite not knowing if there would be a spot for me. But luckily there was. I got there as early as I could. I think it was a little around 5, 5.30. And I pulled up and there was plenty of spots there at this cute little beachside campground. So the beach was alongside this river. And I don't remember which river this is, but maybe it's called the Green River. That's the name. And it was absolutely beautiful. The river was moving so fast. You could hear the water in the campsite. It just sounded like white noise. And they have a little beach on the side that you can go down and get into the water. I decided to set up my tent and my hammock. I bought a little hammock earlier this year. And I talked about that, I think, in my podcast episode I did about my camping trip that I took with Roland and a few other people in the Sequoia National Forest, if you're curious to hear more about that. But I set up the tent and decided to sleep in the tent instead of my car this night because it was just so peaceful there. And you can see here that Evie is panting. It was really interesting. I think it was like 90 something degrees out, but it was just like humid. 
And the whole night, it was just hot out, which is an interesting experience. In the car, I have air conditioning. In the tent, I don't. Obviously, I could use that little fan. But Evie was a little overheated. So I was grateful to have that setup I mentioned earlier, like the cooling mats and all that. She doesn't really like to swim. So I took her down to the water and she just wasn't interested. So I had to spend a lot of time keeping her cool. And because I got there at 530 and didn't leave till like 7am the next day, I had a lot of time at this campsite. So Evie and I just walked around, went down to this river, which was just so beautiful. Again, the photos and videos do not do any of this justice. Being there in person, it was just stunning. The sounds and the smells and the feeling of the air and the way that the rock formations look. I had never stayed at a campsite quite like this before, where there's just these giant buttes and formations all around. There were a couple families there, so I felt nice and safe. A lot of people like to ask about what it's like to camp as a woman by myself, as a solo female traveler. Sometimes I feel safe. Sometimes I feel a little unsure about where I'm at. What I do is I research locations in depth before I go. This is part of why I like to contribute photos and reviews of sites is to help other people make decisions. So I always read other reviews. I heard about this place from someone else. So I felt really good about it. And then when I got there and saw there were families, I felt very comfortable. So it was just lovely. And I hung out in the hammock a little bit. It did get very windy. <laughs> so in this video here, let me just press play. You can see the wind just pushing my tent around. So I actually used a number of rocks to keep it secure. And I put all this stuff in the tent. The tent I have is from a brand called Ozark. And I bought it from Walmart because so many people had raved about this tent. It's a five-person tent. It's huge. You can stand up in it. You can very comfortably sleep three people in there. That's most amount of people I've ever slept with in, in my tent so far. But you could technically fit five people lying down. But I usually camp in there by myself. So it is a lot of space for me. And I guess Evie counts too. So not fully by myself, but it's a lot of space. And I learned the hard way on this trip that it's not great for wind. And I will tell you more about that in an upcoming experience. But I did use the wonderful hammock a lot. And that's from this brand called Kova Cure. I'll link to that as well. It's very well made. I've used it a ton. It has a mosquito net, which is so great for not just mosquitoes, but also for flies and other bugs. I also wore around my little sandals. I tried out, I carried around this quick drying towel, which is great because I went swimming in the water. I got this little bathing suit. It's a tankini. So it's a two-piece bathing suit with shorts. And this has been so great for camping. It dries really quickly. It's super comfortable, easy to put on. And it's from this brand Prana. I think I might've mentioned it before. So I started using a lot of gear when I was at this campsite. And it was so cool going in the water here. Unnerving because you couldn't see the bottom of the water. That there, It was like all sand color, like red. And so the water was full of that sand. 
But I went in anyways because I saw all these other families swimming in there and it was like the perfect temperature and just so nice. I took some great star photos when I was here too. I couldn't stop taking pictures because it was just absolutely beautiful. Here's a picture of the whole camp setup that I have. Evie has her own little pop-up dog tent that I'll put her in during the day when I'm setting things up, making food, building a fire, all of that. And then she sleeps with me inside the tent. I've also, speaking of bugs, been trying out a lot of insect repellent. This brand, B-U-G-G, bug spray, or maybe it's called Buggin, B-U-G-G-I-N-S, has great reviews. It's supposed to repel gnats and no seams. I learned the hard way about this when I was in the Sequoia National Forest. I have to say it smells amazing. Don't know how well it worked. I had a big issue with bugs throughout my whole trip. And I eventually resorted to buying some bug spray with DEET because I was getting eaten up by mosquitoes. But I'm still determined to find a natural bug spray. And I would recommend trying this one. I mean, I think of vanilla mint rose scents. It smells amazing. Feels good. But the jury's out for how well it works. Still experimenting with it. Another snack I like to eat on my trips is roasted seaweed. So you can buy this at Trader Joe's. I've had a ton of it throughout the trip. It's kind of become one of my go-to. Check out this sunset photo. I think this site, I probably took some of the most photos of all. I also had videos of bats. I don't One of these videos, you can actually see a bat flying. Oh yeah, there it is. So I just laid in the hammock and watched bats fly around me as the sun went down. I'm looking at these rock formations. It was just so cool. And then the next morning I got up and tried not to rush too much. I really wanted to soak it in. I did not want to leave this place, but packed up. Oh, I sat in the tent a little bit more. I mean, the uh, hammock a little bit more, I guess. And then packed everything up to hit the road again. And another snack I really enjoyed is Hue, H-U. They make these chocolate-covered nuts and their cashew and vanilla bean. Highly recommend. They say it's keto. It is very low carbohydrate, but I don't know if I would consider it keto. I went into one of my favorite stores for the first time. And I know it's my favorite because I shop on their website, Sierra, S-I-E-R-R-A. I buy a lot of gear from them. And I put it on my schedule to go into one of their physical stores for the first time in Colorado. And so these are just some pictures, things I was seeing in there. I ended up going to four Sierra stores so far, so I'll probably talk about them more. In Colorado, I went to Mount Evans and Evie used her backpack a bunch because she sometimes as a senior dog just doesn't feel like walking. And so these are some pictures of her. The brand, I forget the name of these backpacks, something canine. I will link to it if you're curious. It's the best backpack for my senior dog and she looks really cute in it. She did walk a little bit. We walked around the lake at the bottom and then we drove up to the top of Mount Evans, which is the highest point in the United States that you can drive up to, highest paved road. And it was so incredibly cool. And cool in two ways. It was really neat, but it was also freezing cold up there. And I still had not fixed my window. It started raining and I had my window down because I just really wanted to take in the fresh air. And 
could not put my window back up until I stopped my car. So this was one of those frustrating moments. This is on August 11th. So two days later, still had not gotten my window fixed. And one of the most frustrating parts was driving up here in the freezing cold and rain and not being able to put my window up. So that was fun. It was all worth it because Mount Evans is incredibly neat. I also learned the hard way that you need a reservation to drive up there. It's free if you have a national park pass. The interagency America the Beautiful Pass, I think is highly worth it if you're doing a lot of road trips. This was included, but you had to buy a reservation for a specific time. And that was something I did not learn till that morning. Anyways, I did get into Mount Evans and it was really wonderful. One of my favorite parts was seeing marmots. Like I said, love critters, love wildlife. I have a little bit of an obsession with marmots and Mount Evans. I guess if you're watching the video right now, how incredibly cute is this thing? Like, I wish I could have a pet marmot. I just think they're absolutely adorable. If you don't know what a marmot is and you're not watching the video, there's a gopher or is gopher the right? Yeah, right? Now I'm getting all marmots. They're in like the rodent family, I think, like prairie dogs, marmots, gophers. And I feel like I'm forgetting another one, but they're like a giant rodent. And I just think so incredibly cute. They make cute sounds and they were just so laid back here at Mount Evans and abundant. This is the most marmots I've ever seen in one place in my life. There's tons of them. And I think they're also specific like yellow bellied marmot or something like that. So I have a lot of pictures of them and I was just like thrilled to <laughs> see them. This is before I got my new iPhone. So none of my pictures came out that great. The other animal that was up there is or was in, that I saw on this trip is mountain goats, which I also think are just so adorable and beautiful. They're all white and to see them in the mountains is so cool. I, I've seen them when I went to Montana and there was little baby mountain goats running around and they're just like casually hanging out all around the top of Mount Evans. It's elevation of over 14,000 feet. It's part of a national forest. And it was just absolutely beautiful up there. I, I would have spent more time, but between the rain and the cold weather, it was, yeah, it was 57 degrees. Not that cold, but when you're up at that high of an elevation in August, thinking that I wasn't really prepared, I guess, for how cold it was. When I drove away, the mountain goats were blocking my way. They were just like standing behind my car. I mean, they're just like all over the place. And that was really fun. And then I saw more marmots on my way down. I got out of my car and walked up to them and they just let me get right up next to them. And they're just, oh, I could have just hung out there all day amongst the marmots. But I continued my trip. When I got down to the bottom of Mount Evans, I don't have a video of this because it happened so quickly. But right before I got back on the highway, two moose ran across the road. I think it was a, a mother and a baby moose, and it was really cute. I love moose too. And then shortly after that, when I did get on the highway, there was a beautiful double rainbow to enjoy on my drive to Boulder. So I went and stayed a few days at my friend's house in Boulder. You can see her dogs here. Her name is Melissa Schwartz, 
And she actually was a guest on the podcast. She was talking about her amazing body pillow and face pillow that she makes. And she also is a very talented photographer. And we did a photo shoot. And now I have all these new photos. This is not her. This next photo is my other friend in Boulder named Rebecca. She runs a dog training business called Lazy Acres Dog Training. And we hung out and went to a coffee shop. I got a gluten-free bagel there. I forget the name of it, but it was really good. Let's see if I can pull this up. I love giving shout outs to the places. Oh, Woodgrain. Woodgrain Bagels had great coffee and it was amazing. They had gluten-free bagels and vegan cream cheese. So that was exciting. Then we walked around or actually did a hike, an area within Boulder. Let me see if I can find the trail name, the South Boulder Creek Trail. And it was absolutely beautiful. Boulder is one of those places that I would definitely consider moving to one day. Every time I go to Boulder, I feel so happy and just walking for miles next to the Rockies. I mean, it was awesome. And Evie had a good time. She did use her backpack, but walked a little bit as well. Then I met up with my friend, Karen, if not the first podcast guest on the show, Karen Beginski, very talented yoga teacher and book author. We met up in an area called Golden, Colorado, which is really cool. We sat in these photos. You can see us sitting by the river where people were tubing. And we just sat on these rocks and watched people float by in their tubes. And it was so cool. It was like a warm August summer day. And it was just a really wonderful experience. And I loved being in Golden. I also met up with another podcast guest. Gosh, I saw in Colorado, three different people that have been on my podcast. Scott, who was a very recent podcast guest. I don't have any pictures of him. But we met up for coffee in Golden and it was really wonderful to meet him in person. I'm completely blanking on Scott's last name, but I will link to that episode. He wrote a book about, uh, I think it's called Surfing the Seesaw. Is that right? And he and I just had such a great conversation on the show. I told him when I came out to Colorado, we'd meet in person. It was lovely. And then... On August 13th, my friend Melissa's friend came over and helped me reinstall a new button for my car window. So it took four days, but I ordered this piece on Amazon. So part of the learning experience was <laughs> figuring out how to fix things in my car. And lo and behold, you can order the buttons for replacement and replace it yourself. So I got some help from a very kind person and he helped install the new buttons. It wasn't super easy, but the three of us figured it out. We all got together and used the instructions from some YouTube videos and figured out how to reinstall these buttons so that I could finally control my window again. And it was very satisfying. If I had gone to Tesla to get this fixed, it probably would have cost me like three or four times as much as buying the part. So hooray, that all worked out. And then I left on the 14th to drive up to Wyoming, where another thing went wrong, but it all was not that big of a deal. But I wanted to go to Wind Cave National Park. And as the name implies, it is another cave system. And I had a reservation 
to go do a cave tour because you can't just walk into caves at these parks. You actually have to go with a tour guide at most of them. Exception to that is Carlsbad Caverns, where I didn't have to be on a tour. But anyways, I went to Wind Cave National Park and they had shut down the caves because they had to fix the elevators. <laughs> Funny enough, you walk into these caves, but for accessibility reasons, they have elevators and they closed all of the caves down. So I went to this park and just drove around, but it ended up being really beautiful. I went into the visitor center. They had little pieces of the caves there. So you could actually see some of the rock formations and the visitor center was kind of neat. There was this wall where people posted like little descriptions of what makes them feel like explorers. And I took a picture of a few of them. One person said, I feel like an explorer when I let go of my need to know and open my heart to what is right in front of me. Nature speaks her own language and I am filled with awe. How beautiful is that? Like this was just some random person who wrote that and put it on this wall in a visitor center. And what a beautiful reminder of nature. Another person said, I feel like an explorer when I'm trying new things, gaining new life experiences, exploring cultures and creating life memories and personal stories. And for me, that really sums up exactly why I do these trips, exactly why I love to explore. So it was wonderful to see that in somebody else's words. Evie and I went on a little hike around the Wind Cave Visitor Center too. That was really nice. It was an absolutely beautiful day with sunny skies and clouds and it was lovely. And then my favorite part was seeing a herd of buffalo or bison. Bison are another animal that I can never get enough of and just seeing them close up. You know, it, they're dangerous. So it was interesting because I pulled over on the side of the road to take some pictures of them and they started getting closer and closer and there was no barrier. Like these bison are just walking around and you as the visitor are in their territory. And I think it was mating season because there was this one bison that was like kind of herding around another bison and like making all these loud noises it was really cool to see, but also a little nerve wracking. And the photos make it look like I'm farther from them than I actually was. But I was like, practically, I could have just stood next to a bison, but they are so dangerous. There's always stories in the national park of tourists getting injured. There was just a few months ago, a story of a woman that was killed by a bison. And I think she was walking around this area in Yellowstone a bison came out of nowhere. She tried to get away from it, but the bison ran at her and using its big horns, like rammed into her body and she didn't survive. So after I read that story, I got back in my car. I had already heard this story, but I remembered that story while I was at Wind Cave. And so I got in my car and the bison just started getting closer and closer. And I was like, all right, I better get out of here. But they were like right outside my window. Again, very cool but also a little scary. So <laughs> that was a fun highlight. There was also lots of prairie dogs there. They're adorable. I don't like them quite as much as I do marmots, but they are quite cute. And a lot of areas around this part of the country have what they call prairie dog towns. And it's essentially like 
big sections of land where prairie dogs live and you'll just see hundreds of prairie dogs and they make the cutest sounds. Some of them are comfortable with you walking up to them. Other times you can just observe them from a distance, but it was cool. Then I went to an area called Devil's Tower in Wyoming. This is a national monument, still part of the national park system, but there's a difference between parks and monuments. I actually don't know the difference off the top of my head. They're essentially protected areas. You'd need a pass to go into them. And I camped at Devil's Tower, also at a first come first serve campground. I think I got the second to last spot at this campground, which again, little nerve wracking, but I was so grateful to get a spot there. It was a really cool place. Also one of my favorite campgrounds, especially on this trip, just because it was so laid back, had these big spots to myself. I think it cost maybe $20 to camp there. You can see this is the trash can I mentioned earlier. You can see it all, all popped up at this point. And I hooked it up outside my tent. And Devil's Tower is really neat. It's beautiful formation that's popped out. I mean, there's nothing of its size around. So you're just driving up to this really cool rock formation that has all this history with the Native Americans that lived around it. I recommend looking up the story of Devil's Tower and what Native Americans or indigenous people believed it to represent to them. And I actually walked up there. I didn't take a lot of photos, but you can go and walk around Devil's Tower. You can even get a pass to climb it. So professional climbers will go and, and climb up. Obviously, I did not do, but I got close enough to it and it was really beautiful. There were also wild turkeys running around. I have one of these videos. That was kind of random, but just a group of turkeys running around outside of Devil's Tower. <laughs> and I think it might have been a International Dark Sky Park because I got some incredible star photography when I was there too. Before I went to bed, I happened to go down to a different campground. So there was multiple campgrounds there. And I went over to one to try to get some firewood and saw that they were doing a free outdoor screening of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, a Steven Spielberg movie. And the reason they screened this movie there is because that movie takes place at Devil's Tower. So if you've never seen it, it's a really good movie. I had never seen it all in its entirety. So I sat and ate my dinner outside. I had this lovely soup from Amy's, this Thai coconut soup. I used my little mini stove to warm it up and ate some seaweed too. And just sat and watched this movie with a bunch of strangers. And it was really cool. And Devil's Tower was right in the background. It was an amazing little experience. And I camped in my tent that night and it was just like really peaceful, felt really safe and super happy. Let's see. There's so much to share. Gosh, telling these stories. Thank you for sticking with me through such a lengthy, detailed story about, about this travel experience. I think this next day might've been one of my longest drives. I believe that I drove for 13 hours this next day from Wyoming to Minnesota. And this random photo for those that are watching, I probably won't put this in a blog post, but 
I'll tell you that I was charging my car and this guy pulled up in his truck and started talking to me. I don't know if he was flirting with me. I don't know if he was dangerous, but he insisted on giving me half of this pastry that he had. And it was a really weird experience (laughs) to have a stranger come up and he was extremely nice. But as a woman by herself, this was one of those weird moments where I thought I felt very vulnerable because I was just like in this parking lot and there was tons of people around. It was the middle of the day. I felt safe and I couldn't tell if this man was just like a really nice guy. And I think it was in North Dakota. Was he innocently just wanting to share a delicious pastry with a woman or was he like trying to be weird? I don't know. But I took a picture of the pastry because it was one of those moments where I was like, this is an odd story. (laughs) Anyways, the reason I was in the parking lot was also to go over to Burger King, believe it or not. They sell the Impossible Burger. And I went over and got one for myself. I was really hungry. I didn't feel like making anything with my camping set up. So I just got a burger patty with a lettuce, tomato and onions and pickles. I'm gluten free. So I couldn't eat the bun, but I put it in like a little bowl and ate the impossible burger with my fork in my car. And it was really delicious. I'm very grateful that some of the fast food chains have vegan options like that. Then the next fun thing happened on August 15th. A rock hit my windshield and caused a big crack and I had to deal with more stress and anxiety as a result of it because I had just had my windshield replaced like a month ahead of time. And I was so disappointed to have this rock hit it again. I've had to replace my windshield on my Tesla multiple times. I've lost track. I think maybe I've done it three times now. I've also had to have cracks filled in multiple times. There's something about the Tesla windshield or the aerodynamics of the car or just maybe bad luck. I don't know. I've been on road trips where my windshield has not been damaged at all. And this was not one of them. So it was a pretty substantial crack, as you can see, if you're looking at the photo and it spread. I didn't have time to go get it filled in. So it ended up spreading across the windshield and I will eventually have to get it replaced. But I was disappointed. It was another one of those moments of frustration because getting your windshield fixed is not an easy or quick process. And I didn't have time that day. I had all this driving to do. I was only like halfway across the country at this point. And it's just an inconvenience. But I can tell you now, over a month later, I actually still haven't had it fixed or replaced. What I've learned over times about cracks is usually they will spread out over a certain point of your windshield, you can get them filled in. But most cars, windshields are very safe, even with a crack. So I decided I'm not going to get it replaced for hopefully I can wait till I get back to California. As long as the crack doesn't block your view, most people say it's okay to have a crack in your windshield and without replacing it. But it's just still annoying and frustrating. So yeah, that was a pain in the butt. Then that night, I stayed in Minnesota for the first night of multiple nights of private property through this website called Hip Camp. Hip Camp is kind of like Airbnb for campers. And by the way, I'm just looking at the time. I'm going to start to speed up my story because <laughs> something I need to go to in 15 minutes. 
So I'm going to start telling you things a lot faster. <laughs> Maybe I can expand or do a part two on this if I don't get to everything. But essentially, hip camp, like Airbnb, you can stay on people's properties and camp. I stayed at this really cool farm in Minnesota. I got to try out my thermocell, which is part of my mosquito repellent. Thermocell in general has a lot of controversy around it. I'm not going to get into that now. I'm a little on the fence about it, but it is a really cool tool for keeping away mosquitoes and mosquitoes are really bad in Minnesota. So I tried it out and it worked really well. The reason I was in Minnesota is because I went to another national park. So I stayed the night here and the next day got up and drove up to International Falls. And I just realized, wait a second, let me go back here. I guess I drove out of Minnesota and back into it as part of this adventure. But I went all the way up to the Canadian border of the US and Canada, of course, in this area called International Falls, charged my car a little bit, walked around with Evie, and then drove into the national park, the Voyagers National Park. And this was a very, very interesting experience. At Voyagers, most of the park is on the water. And so in order to really experience the park, you need to go do water activities. They have boat tours you can go on, you can rent kayaks and canoes, and you can also camp. And after lots and lots of research, I decided to camp on an island in Voyagers. And to get there, I hired this wonderful man from this company called Rainy Lake Charters. I'm completely blanking on his name, but he was so kind. He runs his own private business. And he took me out on his boats and dropped me off at my campground. And I was the only one camping on this little island. Voyagers, I think, has 500 islands on it or something like that. I was so excited about this. The most expensive camp experience because it cost $150 to have this man drop me off and pick me up. It was the round trip price. I did so much research and that was actually on the cheaper end, $150. And then you pay for the campground, which I think was around 30. So it was almost $200 to camp here, but I really wanted to do it. I wanted to experience the national park and I just thought it would be really cool to camp remotely like that. I never camped in, in that sense, but it happened to be awful weather. So this is me in my prize, my rain jacket, which was also a big investment for me this year. I bought a Patagonia rain jacket. I think it was like $150 also. It's like a top of the line raincoat. And I wanted one that I could have for like the rest of my life, ideally. And I got to use it at this park because it was pouring rain. So he dropped me off in the rain and I had to set up my tent. And luckily it stopped raining long enough for me to get my tent up and everything nice and dry. So here I am at this campground, super excited to do something really adventurous. And there was nothing to do there except be in nature. So I thought it would be awesome. And it was awesome to an extent until the wind started. And I just happened to be there during this really intense windstorm. And because I got dropped off on this boat and wasn't scheduled to be picked up to the next day, I had to ride out the wind 
by myself. I basically didn't have a lot of options because of the way the campground was set up. There's like a tent pad there where you're supposed to set up your tent. You're not supposed to be somewhere else. You know, you're going by the rules of this campground. So I set up my giant tent here and the wind got up to, I think, 30 miles per hour. If you had asked me before what that wind was like, I could not tell you off the top of my head, but I can tell you from experience, it was a lot of wind. Those were the gusts. So the actual wind forecast, I think, was like 15 to 20 miles per hour, which is still pretty intense. But the wind gusts, meaning the moments where it would just like randomly blow really hard, were up to 30 or maybe even like 35 miles. It was a lot. And it was actually awful. The photos make it look like I'm having this great time, <laughs> which I was, was trying to savor it, trying to enjoy it. I was really excited to use like my new sleeping bag and the sleeping pad I told you about and yada, yada. I managed to make meals. It's beautiful. There was a beautiful sunset. Like when I look at my pictures, it looks just like this wonderful experience, but the wind was so unpleasant. Let's see if any of the videos do it justice. I don't think so. Nothing really does it justice. It was just so unpleasant because I got there, I think around three o'clock and I didn't leave till around 1030 or 11 a.m. the next day. And the wind was basically the entire time and there was nothing to do there. So I just ended up sitting in my tent and the wind got so bad that in the middle of, I think I was trying to capture it on video, but again, just doesn't do it justice. It's so bad that it was loud, so I couldn't sleep very well. At times, the wind was picking up the bottom of my tent and moving it around so much. I didn't know if my tent was going to make it through the night. I thought it might rip. I thought the poles were going to break. I mean, I just stayed up the entire night hoping that I would have a structure to protect me from the wind. And I ended up leaving the island early. Luckily, I had cell service. The guy came and picked me up earlier than scheduled. I think I was going to leave at 12 and he came and got me at like 10.30 a.m. And I just wanted to get out of there and I felt so sad about it because I had just looked forward to it, planned it so much. And you know, that's just one of the big lessons that I've learned about traveling and nature and going to the national parks. I know that I was the super cute photo of Evie and, and a wonderful man. Wish I could remember his name, but Rainy Lake Charters is his company. The kindness of a stranger like him, even though we had chatted a lot before the trip and I got to know him, his kindness was so wonderful and such a great thing to experience after a stressful time. But you know, nature is unpredictable and you can plan all you want and just have all of these random things go wrong. And I think given where I'm at time-wise and how I have to move on to something else, I'm going to pause there and I will do a part two. I know this has been a long episode, but there's just so many details that I would like to share and tell the stories of the remainder of the trip. So I think I had to do the same thing last year and that's just how I podcast. So I'll pause there with the story. The moral of the story from August 9th to 17th of this trip was that things are going to go wrong, that nature's unpredictable, that there are a lot of kind people out there that will help you. There are kind people who 
maybe don't have the best intentions like that guy that gave me the pastry. I don't know. Was he being nice or was he being creepy? To be determined. My friend, the friend of my friend who helped me repair the issue with my car, like how kind is that? All the beautiful animals I saw and respecting them, knowing that they're unpredictable too, right? Like, I don't know what those bison would have done if I had gotten any closer to them, just noticing nature. And I want to go back to some of those quotes that I read, just to remind you of those two, especially the quotes that I read within Wind Cave. The notes that those people wrote, it's, it's also a reminder of the ripple effect that we can have on each other's lives. And how I wonder if those people who wrote those little notes about being explorers, if they thought they would make an impact. This one especially applies to my experience. I feel like an explorer when I let go of my need to know and open my heart to what is right in front of me. Nature speaks her own language and I am filled with awe. And I think I'm filled with awe despite all of the issues I had, despite all the things that didn't go as planned, the things I didn't expect. You can plan all you want, but nature speaks her own language. And what I've learned from these trips is to really listen. And listening can be hard when you're sitting up all night waiting for somebody to come pick you up and rescue you from the island that you're on. <laughs> you know, like that was, I'm trying to end up the episode, but that was an extremely challenging night for me sitting in my tent, not knowing would a branch fall on me? Would a tree fall down? Like what that weather was scary. And to be all alone going through that was very unpleasant. But in hindsight, I am filled with awe. And all of those experiences helped me open my heart. And I feel like that is something I'm deeply grateful for. So I will end there. I'll come back with a part two. As promised, I'm also going to tell you about my experiences at Plant-Based World as well as Natural Products Expo East in Philadelphia. So lots more to come, plus amazing guest episodes. In fact, I just queued up one with another incredible explorer in more ways than one, a man named Kaysen, who's coming on the show. We recorded a little while back, but I just queued up his episode for, I think October 11th is the date his episode comes out. Wow, it's one of my favorites, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So stay tuned. Lots coming your way. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the links in the description. As I mentioned, I intend to make blog posts for this episode as well as part two. So lots coming your way to support you with your own travels or even just your curiosity about my travels. And with that said, I'll wrap up today. Would love to see him beyond measure if you're interested in connecting. If not, you're always welcome to reach out to me via email. You can even try me on Instagram. I don't spend a lot of time there, but it is a wonderful place to message. So if Instagram is your preference, go ahead and find me, connect with me. I'd love to hear from you and wishing you all the very best with all the adventures that you have. And hopefully your life is filled with some awe as well. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. 